Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor, Joaquin G. Molina, invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Give you thanks. Lord, we give you thanks that you're teaching us how to worship you. Father, we thank you, Lord, that your manifestation of your presence upon the earth, Lord, has brought us salvation through your son Christ. That we are able to be saved and washed and delivered and freed from the bondage of captivity, of sin and death, Lord, through the work that you have done here upon the earth, Lord. And I pray today, Lord, that this message would be a world-changing message as we contemplate your goodness, Father, as we see your mercy, as we receive your love, Lord. I pray that each person here today, Lord, might be able to receive your portion for their life, Lord. Remove all distraction. Father, I come against every spirit, Father God, that comes to steal this seed from our lives, O oh God, so that we might be filled with your knowledge, filled with your goodness, and that we might capture everything you have for us, Lord. Awaken us out of, Lord, any uh, wearisome tiredness and sleepiness, Lord, and allow us, Lord, to be able to See the illustration of your work upon the earth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Um, this month, like I said, the month of February is known as the, the month that, that encapsulates a day called St. Valentine's Day. It was known for many years, for thousands, hundreds of years, that that day was a special day. And I didn't understand how do they pick these pick these particular days of the year to be able to surround it with an atmosphere of celebration. And uh, as I was studying last year, I found out that it was specifically the second week in February, um, February 14th, um, the day Valentine's, is the day that has been set apart to celebrate love. And the way they did that is that they, they had scrutinized and put like some investigations, some scientific studies, some research, um, that that is the day that most birds call out for love. And so it's, it's a day that is supernatural in the calendar of the year. The second week of February is filled with birds that are, wah, wah, wah. And, and is, everybody's going, and they're all seeking to be able to mate. Now, I don't want to get put any ideas in your head. This is, this is just, this is what came to, as I studied last year. And, and so, as we are going to celebrate this month, I was saying last night that we should be uh, really deep in our understanding of love. Listen to me. Uh, the Bible says that not in the passions of lust. There, there's a way that the, the world celebrates love, and it's not, it's not the way God established it. It's not the way that, that, that you see in, in these people that, that are uh, hooked on pornography and, and, and involved in all sorts of lewdness and strip teasing and all the stuff that goes on in the world, which is severely twisted and not profitable to man, not beneficial to man's existence and his peace. And so as we understand this concept, I, I want you to be able to, to tap into the reality of what God wants us to have. God wants us to have deep-seated fruitfulness in celebrating the creation of God, the, the understanding of the concept of intimacy, which we said this year is going to be our year to get closer to God. And all these messages you'll see, they start tying one into another and, and God drawing us to himself. And, and our emptiness and lack, our hurt, our pain, our suffering is just the absence of God. That's what it is. And you'll see that as you draw closer to God and your life becomes a more real scenario in your relationship with God, you start feeling better and you start being a blessing to all those around you. And to the extent that you're not pursuing the depth of God, you feel empty and then you're trying to exact a, 
You're, you're trying to force other people to fill your emptiness with what they don't have. And so it's an ingredient for a big mess. You start blaming God. You start blaming your parents. You start blaming those people around you that hurt you, that took advantage of you. And you know why they did. Could you tell me why they did? Because there was no God in their life. They were trying somehow out of you to grab an experience or, or to fill in their void, misusing you, abusing you, taking advantage of you. But we know, and, and I hope that this is, this, I hope this word goes deep into your being that, that you need God with all, anything, you know, with all that you could get, get God. With, with the greatest measure of, of thirst and hunger, fill yourself up with God, and then you will realize that you not only are made whole and you're, you're complete, but then you can turn around and those people that are deficient, you can begin to give them of yourselves in, 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 in God, of yourself in the fullness of God. And so this is what God wants from, from us, especially those of us who say we know God. And knowing God has seemed to become, um, how we define that is, is now we know a set of facts or we read a dictionary, or we have definitions and words, we have a ceremony, so we know God. Listen to me, no. God, God is, is, is not ceremony, and God is not doctrine and theology and definitions. That's not God. Don't buy on that. God is not being part of a ritual, going to church. God, God is much more than that. And, and you'll see that if as we pursue God, and, and we're going to do that today, this morning, hopefully. We're going we're gonna to try. It says there that as we draw closer to God and we receive the incredible multiplying effects of having been intimate with His Spirit, then we can walk as God wants us to walk. Ephesians 1.4 says like this, In the same way that He chose us, in Him before the foundations of the world. See, God's plan is not last minute just because you walked into the house of God. God's plan has been here since the beginning of the world, and you missed it. You, you're not grabbing on. See, you have void, and those people around you have void, but God has a full blessing from the beginning. He chose us according to His plan before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy that's perfect. That we should not lack anything without blame. And this only happens as we are in love. As we're in His love. As we're participating with the substance that, that we know little of. And the only way that the world knows how to give us this substance is painting little hearts and, and, and being able to get involved in sexuality and intimacy and and guess what? Most of the time, there's no love there. There's a lot of lust. There's a lot of passions of the flesh. There's a lot of intimacy. But his plan was from the beginning for us to be made whole, holy, perfect, and in, without blame, without blaming anybody, without accusing anybody, without having to hold anybody responsible because there's a lack of this in our life, in him, in his love. And it says, he... Verse 5, Ephesians 1, 4, and now 5. Having predestined us, he adopted us as sons by Jesus Christ to himself according to his good pleasure and his will. So that we could from now on not be gloomy and doomy, but that we can praise the glory of his goodness by which he has made us accepted in, verse 6, so that we could praise his glory in the gifting by which he made us, say with me, accepted. In the beloved. Guys, I want, to, I want to put out there in front of you that, that when we don't have the love of God, we have a sentiment of rejection. When we don't have the love of God, we have a sentiment of betrayal. Rejection and betrayal. There's nothing more painful. There's nothing that, that moves us in our deepest core with negative Juices than being rejected 
and being betrayed. And, and you know, the expressions of this are just the absence of love. And so whenever love is not present, whenever we're not being accepted and welcomed, when we're being rejected and betrayed, man, talking about a viper, talking about bitterness, talking about poison, and talking about, you know, the frown on faces. You can tell when somebody's being betrayed, when somebody's suffering pain and suffering anguish, when somebody is suffering the depth of, of no love. And, and we know this is contrary to God's heart. And, and we've interpreted God in many lights other than in the overwhelming. When people think about God, they think about religion. They think about church. They think about what they need to give, what somebody's going to take. They think about imposition. They think they're going to force me. You know, this, this is just as bad as those people that, that they can't see marriage for love because they see it with all the responsibilities. And I've never looked at Yvette and said, oh my God, I'm going to have to buy a house and a car and I'm going to have to pay for her kids. I, I haven't interpreted my relationship with my wife based on what I need to do. It's a joy for me to spill the extravagant provisions of, of my abundance, whatever in whatever category and size and quantity but just just enjoy what I have with the one I love and how horrible those that I can't get married you say why I don't have money I, I don't have a house I, I, I they're going to want me to buy them a car they're going to want insurance on their car they're going and and when you start enumerating all the things let me ask you something how many think there's going to be any love there there's nothing there it's trampled underfoot of a whole bunch of do's and don'ts and responsibilities. And, and Christianity and our walk with God has become that for many people. They don't understand that since the beginning, it was the abundant resources of his extravagant provision to be lavished on us without measure. I mean, I bless Yvette with what God has given me. But how much does God have? How much does he want to share with us? How much does he want to just bask upon us? Great, great depth. In fact, one of the Bible verses, and we're going to get to it, says you won't understand to know God until you start putting a tape measure to his love. Some of you want to see that right now. Let's go. E Ephesians 3. Let's go to Ephesians 3 real quick. And there we see the, the, this this amount, the way God wants us to do this is that he wants you to know this depth of his love so that you can fathom the rest of the provision God has for us. And, and for many of us, we're not there. We don't understand it. Um, let me look for it here. Ephesians 3, and we're going to go to... This is Paul. And Paul says like this, you will never begin to even know God until you start first measuring his love. And this is, this is Ephesians 3, verse 18. He says like this, he's writing, he says, hey guys, if you could be able to comprehend, that means put your, put your mind around this size, with all of God's people, if you could comprehend with all of God's people, what is the width, wide, length, long, depth, deep, and height of what? Verse 19. To know the love of Christ. It far surpasses any definition or doctrine or ceremony or ritual. So that you might be filled with all the fullness of God. Man, if we can't put a tape measure on God's love, we don't know God at all. If we don't start engaging, because this is how God has engaged with us since the beginning. And if I, some of us don't understand. Listen, I've tried. For many years I've tried. And I'm blown away. And that's why I serve God. I'm blown away by the love of God. 
It, it wasn't a good Bible study that a pastor taught me. It wasn't a good church that I went to. It, it wasn't a good family that brought me up. No, no, no. I've tapped in personally to huge, inexhaustible, incredible, amazing, wonderful, marvelous, unending love of God. And, and it fills me. It fills me. It doesn't matter how many times. Listen. It doesn't matter how many times I'm rejected. It, listen, you cannot ever, 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 you know, cause this, this unending flow of His love to make me feel less, to make me feel rejected, to make me feel not accepted. It, there's nothing. And this is what... This is what we are to do, and I'll tell you why. Once you tap into that reality, you're prepared to be the people of God. And until then, until you tap in to the vast resources of, of how He cares for us. This is His motivation in John 3.16 was uh, for God had such an incredible design of of architectural expertise and engineering that he decided to send his son. No. It, it was his love. He sends his son to die for you. Not because he had to. Not because it was his duty. Not because it was his obligation or, or his regimented laws. No. His passionate heart for you and and we won't understand that it, it, it you know it's talking about to be able to understand that is to growing and being perfected in his love he you grow and and little by little you go in that in that scenario he says being rooted in Christ so that you might be able to comprehend together with all the people of God the width the length the depth the height the fullness of who God is. And so, um, everything else is defined through that lens. Everything else becomes significant in that. Listen to me. To have sexual intimacy without knowing the love of God is the most emptiest. You talk about rejection. Talk about somebody that gets intimate with you and then walks away. Talk about having a close bond and it means nothing. That's not what God did. And that only accentuates, that, that only causes us to go severe into feelings of darkness and feelings of, of being rejected. And, and that's never the heart of God. And so I, I want for you to begin to ask God, like Luke chapter 1 verse 35 that when the angel um, and came over with the presence of the Holy Spirit and overshadowed the power of God, the love of God just came and, and cast a shadow over Mary. Something in that nature of love created the offspring child of Christ. What would happen to us people if instead of us being under a, a great burden of responsibility, of obligation, of seeing worship as something that, that is an imposition, that oh, they're making me... Listen, you'll notice something in this place. No one is forced to do anything. This is an opportunity for all of us to do according to our passion for God without restrictions and without limitations. That you could grow in the love of God. And, and guess what? You're, you're being filled in an overshadowing of His presence causes you to give birth to things in this world that weren't put there by men. Weren't put there because somebody treated you right. If you're going to wait, listen, listen. If you're going to wait for the perfect atmosphere 
to give forth the offspring of God. You're going to wait a lifetime of sterility and barrenness. Because in this world, the only measure of true love comes from God the Father. The only ability you're going to have to be able to receive somewhere. And this is how me as a teenager was able to, to anything that I had felt growing up against my father, any claims I had of what he didn't or should have or would have or could have done were eliminated immediately when the love of God was poured out in my heart. I, I didn't have any more... It, expectation of what I was going to get from other people I had my full source from a great God and a full source of great measure so I began to give those people who I thought offended me those people I thought hurt me those people I thought rejected me those people I thought didn't love me and so now come on baby get your fill because that face looks ugly Get your fill because I have no claim on you. I haven't come here to ask you of nothing. I am coming to give you what I have found. And so the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse 5, hope does not disappoint us. We're not hoping anymore on an earthly realm. Hope does not disappoint us anymore. I don't have to hope for somebody to treat me right. I don't have to hope that I'm not going to get disappointed. I don't have to hope that I won't get betrayed. I won't have to hope I'm not going to get rejected. Because the love of God has been poured out in my heart through the Holy Spirit. I, I have a full measure of, of the love of God. Some of you have to get connected with the Spirit of God. Like Mary, she was overshadowed by the presence of the Spirit of God. When you're in the presence of the Spirit of God, you come out of there, woo-hoo, I got my fill. I don't need no cheap, cheap thrill. You could go to Beverly Hill. I could stay right here. And I know that God loves me. And, and with a deep love, and a wide love, and a long love, it doesn't have an expiration. You know, when you turn 40, I'm going to have to go get a 20-year-old. It doesn't have an expiration. It's a love of God that is lasting unto everlasting. How many want that love? How many need that love? God. He's the full measure of that reality. Ephesians 2.4 says like this, he, he came, God who is rich in mercy because of the love, the great love with which he loved us. He wasn't going to keep us out in the cold. We weren't the objects of his scorn and rejection and betrayal. Listen, how many times are we going to have to experience this stuff? It says that many people will continue to grow worse and worse, being deceived and deceiving. The very thing you hate, the very thing you despise, is the very thing you do. I was talking to a man yesterday. He says, I was in Chicago. I was with some friends. I was eating, working, sleeping next to these guys. And in the middle of the night, one of the guys wakes up with a knife and stabs me. And I, I didn't understand it. How, how those of us that were living together, sleeping in the same house, working together, doing all things together, the guy stabs me. So I turned around and I stabbed him 11 times and I took off. If I was going to die, he was going to die too. Wasn't that, that's a grotesque little story there. But that's what we do. That's what, you hate me, I hate you too. Oh, you, you hurt me? I'm going to hurt you twice. Are you coming after me? Don't turn your back. I'm coming for you. And that, this is what we're breeding and cultivating. Not us. Not the people of God. Surely not in the house of God. You know, th that could only be a sign is that you're not overshadowed by His presence. You, you haven't gone to Him who's rich in mercy. It says there, this is the example God gave us. He says, because of his great love, verse 5, even when we were deep in our trespasses, he brought us out of there. He brought us out of that place. I don't know what you're still doing there. 
Let's, let's, listen to me. The full measure of this that exists is called the love of God. The full measure of what he did, that when we were still deep in our trespasses, he moved on our behalf to save us. How many, while people are rejecting you deeply, you still move on their behalf? While you're betrayed by them, you still move on their behalf. You can only do that through the love of God. You can only do that through the richness of his mercy. You can only do that if, listen to me, don't, don't set such a high standard for yourself just yet. Listen to me, that's called being perfected in his love. When you get there, that means that, that the whole work of God is done in your life. Let's read it in 2 Peter. 2 Peter chapter 1. We're going to see this real quickly that he says you start off by faith. And as faith has its good work, it takes you to virtue. Isn't that? It's 2 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. 2 Peter 1 5. See, there's, there's steps to get to where we're going. We're hearing about the love of God today. We are, we are we're reaching deep within this reality. Because that's to know God, and it's also to be a blessing as, as the people we say we are as his followers. Know this very thing. Giving all diligence, quick, 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 add to your faith virtue. That's, that's the first steps in Christianity. You know, some of you still have to take that first step of faith. Do I believe this or do I not believe this? How many have already believed this? We've taken a step of faith. We said, you know something, there's nowhere else to walk. We might as well walk towards God. We have nowhere else to go. They had no other answers. We might as well take a leap of faith and take a step in the direction to maybe believe what God says. And maybe he has a direction and we follow God and we get to where we're going and we fly like an eagle. We, we take off into the purposes of God that we didn't know. It all starts with a step of faith. I, I got to church. I didn't know. I said, God, if this is true, I want it. I didn't know. God, I, I don't know if I should trust you or not because I've already spent 20 years wasting my time in religious practice and now to do it again? No, God, I don't think I want that. But a step of faith, Jesus come into my heart. I need you in here. I need some of the stuff I've heard today in my life. And so he says a step of faith and then to faith add virtue and virtue add knowledge. And when you start walking in that direction, you know what the very last step is? in our Christian character and perfection? Love. The very, the, the, the coming into, let's go ahead and read verse 6. To knowledge, add self-control. We're not at love yet. We're just behaving because we're supposed to, not because it's, it's, it's coming out of us. It's not something that's, that's, that's flowing yet. And to, to self-control, add perseverance. Control yourself a long time because some of you say I quit I, I, I've done this long enough I don't want to no more and, and there's levels of that but he goes on and says to your perseverance godliness and then to your godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love man when you get to that level everything comes second hand everything comes natural listen to me nobody could hurt you Nobody can let you down. You will never feel rejected or belittled or, or you know, betrayed. And, and that's when Christ has been perfected in this measure of love. And this is our aspiration. Towards that, we are walking. See, everything that love is does away with everything else that love is not. And since love is not present, everything is there. It's not until there's a full measure of that love in our life that all these things start disappearing. 1 John chapter 4, verse 18. There is no fear when love is present. What are people going to think? What am I going to do? Where am I going to go? You feel so taken care of. You feel so embraced. It would be impossible for anybody to come and hurt Yvette 
in my presence, out of my presence, it, it would be impossible for anything to go wrong with her. With, within my bounds of possibility and my might and my power, nothing could separate me from making sure that there's peace, full and complete peace in her heart. Because that's what love does. And this is what God is saying. There's no fear in love. What are you walking in? How, how does fear grip your heart if you understand who I am and what I've done? We've all been betrayed by men. We've all been left in the cold. We can all fear because of what men has done to us. But when we transfer over from that kingdom to the kingdom of God, where he says that perfect love cast out fear because a life of fear involves torment there's there's this man says he 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 saw that guy turn against him and stab him he stabbed him he's sure he died he doesn't know but he says you know what follows me all the days of my life a tormenting feeling of guilt isn't like that like the devil he makes us go through things and then we carry the weight of rejection, betrayal, deception, hurt, anguish, and pain. None of it comes from the Father. None of it is God's plan. That's the devil's perfect plan. If, if perfect love casts out fear, when there's no love, we're fearful. We're worryful. And, and if you're, you're hanging on to those spirits, and you've decided to marry them, and they make you feel comfortable... You're squashing the love of God. You're destroying that flow of God towards your life. He says, but when he who fears, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. So what we're saying today is we're going we're gonna to start walking. We're, we're going to start getting deeper into this reality of, of knowing God in his love. There's people that know that. There's people all over the scriptures. For Paul to be discussing these things, they have to have had understanding of this regard. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 12, it says, In the last days, because man will be so hurt, so rejected, so despised, so walking away from the perfect love of God, that the love of many will grow cold. I don't know if you want to be in those people's numbers that are walking away from God towards no love. Ah, I hate them. And you're just, you're just destroying yourself. You're destroying your family. You're destroying your future because not because of men doing stuff to you, because that's all they have, but because you don't want to turn to the depth, the wealth, the greatness of somebody who lavishly wants to love and embrace you, and you say, you know, where is that love? Pastor, if you show me that love this morning, I will go for it. And I am. And you're in trouble. Because God's going to reveal to you His love today. God's going to show you how you can walk away from this. It says, because of the wickedness. Because nobody will keep rules, lawlessness. Because nobody will keep boundaries. It says the love of many will grow cold. The devil is an expert at, at moving pieces so you feel rejected and for you to feel betrayed, for you to feel ashamed, for you to feel despised. That's his game plan. So that your heart reduces into nothing and disappears. And I will never trust another soul as long as I live. Well, the Bible says if you don't love your brother who you do see, you will never love God who you haven't seen. So if you don't love God, you're not going to heaven. You better not take that road. The devil would love nothing more for than you to take that road. For you to allow your heart to be so utterly abused and destroyed that you have no sentiments of not carnal love, of God's love towards him and towards your neighbor. Isn't that what God says when they ask them, hey, I want to be a real, real, real Christian. I want to walk with God. 
What do I need to do, Krista? What do I need to do if I really want to be close to God? Love God and love your neighbor. If, if I don't break into that realm, the, the first commandments of God, the greatest commandments of God, is to direct your heart towards the heaven. Why there first? Because if you don't get plugged into there, you're never going to get plugged into someone else. It's impossible. How many say it's impossible to love people with your own strength? That runs out. That grows old. That grows tiresome. You need to plug into God first. And then there's a wellspring of incredible bounding grace and love towards you for those that need it. And so we see this contrast there. The day Christ is being crucified. These two things that attack love. Two things that attack love. Rejection and betrayal. It says that they were there. In the Garden of Gethsemane, Judah shows up in Luke 22, 48. And he's going to kiss Jesus on the cheek and betray him. It says, Jesus said to him, Judas, are you betraying the Son of Man with a kiss? Listen to me. I guarantee you one thing in this life. You will be betrayed. Yeah, people are going to turn. People, and it's not because they want to. It's just a natural, re, re, it's a natural reaction of, of the absence of love. They're looking for love according to interest. Ah, I like you, George. I'm going to hang out with you. You're my buddy. And, and all of a sudden, when, when I don't get my fill, Peppies, you're the man. George didn't give me what I was looking for. Uh, and then in the Lua, hey, Peppies didn't give me what I was looking for. Emilio, you're my buddy. And look at this. Rejection, betrayal, betrayal, rejection. And guess what? It's not, it's not in the natural realm. It's, it's a lack of, of downpour. So we feel let down. We feel people didn't come across. And guess what? So he says, you're, you're betraying me with a kiss? They bring him before the authorities, and there's a man there called Barabbas, right? And they say, who do I let go? Jesus, who's innocent and did nothing, or Barabbas, who's a violent criminal? They rejected Jesus. And, and they let go of Barabbas. And, and what does he say? How does Jesus deal with this thing? In Luke 23, 34. Luke 23, 34. Father, forgive them for they do not know what they do. 23, 34. Father, forgive them. You guys have 22 up there. It's 23, 34. There you go. Jesus said, Father, forgive them. How could you do that? You know how you could do that? If God's inside. God, you know something? What they did, they don't even understand what they're doing. Forgive them, Father, for they do not know what they do. They don't know what they're doing. The Bible says that uh, we're to follow this example in 1 Peter 2.21. You were called to follow Christ as he suffered, leaving for us an example that you should follow in his steps. Verse 22, he didn't commit any sin. He didn't deceive anyone. But verse 23 When he was accused, he didn't return the accusation. In return, when he suffered, he didn't threaten someone else. Oh yeah, well you're going to see and I'm going to do. But he committed himself to the judge who does all things righteously. He was able to say, God, you take care of business. I'm I'm not going to get bitter. I'm not going to get resentful. I'm not going to allow betrayal, rejection. I'm not going to allow... Uh, hurt and offense to affect me in fact i'm going to use this as an opportunity for me to show love and the bible says this is how love is shown and we'll see it right here real quick first john 2 5 you asked for it you got it if anyone obeys my word god's love is truly made perfect in him whoever is obedient is allowing God's word to be perfected in him. Forgive. Walk in love. Love one another. 
Do not revile. Do not threaten. Do not answer back. See, as we receive the word of God, we're perfected in his love. That's the only way. It cannot be a regimented intellectual reality, but we get conformed into obedience. And once you start doing what the word of God says, the emotions of of fulfilling what God has said becomes your heartfelt reality. You start doing it for the glory of God. In this, we are perfected in love. Truly, the love of God is perfected in him who keeps his word. What does that mean? Galatians 5.14. The entire law can be summed up in this reality. The all of our Christian experience is fulfilled in one word. And just so you don't mix it up, love your neighbor as yourself. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And, And you know what that does? That forces us to go to God. That forces us to seek Him greater measure, greater reality, greater substance, greater depth. Man, if just a couple of offenses has you going on and you're ready to, to, you're you're quick to pick up your guns, you're quick to, and throw your, unleash your wrath, you, you better get deeper into the waters of His love. You better find yourself in Romans 13, 10, love does no harm to a neighbor. Love doesn't do any harm to those that are around him. It doesn't matter how many times you're slapped. It doesn't matter how many times you're rejected. It doesn't how many times you're offended and betrayed. This is supernatural. The disciple says, Lord, this is impossible. And he says, with man, this is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. I got a feeling of love and of depth and of reality that you could not. Even if you wanted to. When you, you're filled with the love of God, it doesn't matter what's going on. This love gushes out. You can't even help it. You want to curse and you bless. You want to hate and you love. You want revenge and you can't. In this, everything is, is summed up in a powerful way. Second John 1.5 And not a new command I've given you. This is what you've had since the beginning. This is my plan since day one. You just walked away from it. You didn't walk in it. You couldn't handle it. You weren't walking in my, in my extravagant love. I plead you, not as though I'm writing a new commandment to you, but that which we had from the beginning. Love one another. Ask God for a greater measure of His Spirit upon your life. It's what he commanded those in the last days. In in the early days, Deuteronomy 11.1, he says like this, Israel, you're to love the Lord your God and keep his commandments. Why? Because as you keep his commandments, you are furthering his love. As you keep his commandments, you're, you're walking in love. Do not steal. Who do you steal from that you love? Do not, you know, do not... Dishonor your parents. Man, when when you're filled with the love of God, you want to be in his perfect will. You don't want to move. You don't want to budge. There's no resentment in that place. This is love that we walk according to his commandments. If we say we love God and do not keep his commandments. How many have heard a lot of people say I love God? And then they don't even know his commandments. They don't keep his commandments. He says you, and this is love, that we walk according to his word. This is the commandment that you have heard since the beginning that you're to walk in. Deuteronomy 11.1. 1. Love the Lord your God and keep His commandments, His decrees, His laws. You're to love God. This is the Old Testament. He was walking in love. Obedience is the return of His love. Obedience is, is what allows you, you can only obey if you know you're the object of love. Deuteronomy 6, 4. Hear, O Israel. Deuteronomy 6, verse 4. The Lord your God. The Lord is one. Verse 5. You shall love the Lord your God with your entire heart, with your entire soul, with your entire strength. It's the first and greatest of all commandments. And and many times our devotion to God has has very little to do with, with an inner influence. 
and capacity. You, you know the definitions of love, 1 Corinthians 13. It says love doesn't seek his own. Love is not proud. Love doesn't lift itself. It doesn't pay for wrongs. It doesn't keep records of wrongs. When you, it, it says love never fails. It says it's not proud. It's not envious. It doesn't walk in attitudes contrary. Listen to me. Could, could I get you real quick to understand that not only does it protect you when you're being betrayed and rejected and, and hurt and ashamed, but it doesn't produce these things. It's, 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 not, the, it's not promoting betrayal and, and, and rejection and lack of acceptance and division and gossip. It's not doing these things. That only happens when, when we're walking in a, in a substandard aspect of knowing God. 1 John 4, 7, we finish with this. Beloved, let us exercise one another to love, for love is of God. And everyone who love has been born of God and knows God. This, this is what needs to be this constant scenario. I don't see anything with regards to the separation, the division, the, the, the judging, the, the meddling. He says, no, we're to be walking in this perfection. Let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who love is born of God and knows God. Verse 8. He who does not love doesn't know God. For God is love. He doesn't love. He is love. He's the expression of that. Verse 9, in this the love of God was shown. Now when Christ came into the world, he sent his son that the world might live through love. This, this, this goes way beyond just a religious experience or a religious little time frame or capsule of spirituality. No, my friend, this is abundance of love. You will enjoy, imagine that, no more migraines. No more stomach ulcers. No more regrets. No more guilt. No more shame. No more strife. No more contention. No more pride. I, I, I think it's awesome. It says in verse 12, No one has seen God, but if we exercise love with one another, God is there, and His love is being perfected in us. The more we have this interrelationship one with another, how about... How about non-Christians? Anybody have an answer to that? How about non-Christians? We'll love each other. No. Jesus taught, Matthew 5, 46, if you only love those who love you, aren't you just like a non-believer? If that love only comes out when it's stimulated in a positive light, then you're, no. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? Even the worst of men. Tax collectors do the same. I'm enthusiastic about the bride of Christ. If there's one sign of a true member of the bride of Christ is that nothing can quench her love. Solomon, Songs of Solomon 8, verse 7. He says, the many waters could not put out the love. Could not quench. Many waters cannot quench love nor can the floods drown it. A man would give everything he owns in a wealthy house for love. Even if he was given mansions and he was given, uh, you know, careers, and all, he would say, hey, thank you, but no thank you. The amount of love, the money I get, the amount of resources, listen to me, many times we feel a real embraced by what we own and possess. Listen to me, once you get the love of God, you will despise dispossess everything you own why because in him all is provided all his care for you is complete and when you doubt that guess what you have to do you have to start accumulating all that you need to get that expression let's stand here to this morning I, I hope I've been able to do what what God has put in my heart I hope that somehow or another you're able to say, you know something? I need that. I'm pursuing it. I'm not going to let anybody stop me from, from
from being the recipient. Listen to me. Here it is. The cross of Christ. This is the manifestation of the love of God. For God so loved the world, He gave His Son. And in that state of being abused and rejected and betrayed, He he poured it out. He demonstrated what? Could you guys please tell me what Christ demonstrated? The love of God. Is it real or was it make-believe? It was real. It ran deep in his veins, deep in his existence. The, the word in Spanish, inagotable, unexhaustible. And it no matter, and some of you are like, oh my God, that's it. It ran out last week. You crazy. I, ready for this? I can't handle it. Are you nuts? I sound like bishop, don't I? I want to. Listen to me. Guess what? Do you know people who have tapped into this? That are inexhaustible, untiring, unwavering. Their smile is renewed every morning. They, they, just, they just have something in their life. It's, it's not, some people have said, hey, pastor, come on, man. Tell me the truth. What drugs are you on? Well, well give, I want some of the pharmaceuticals, man. Come on. There's no way that you can go through everything you go through and still be excited. Listen to me. I invite you this morning to know the love of God. I invite you this morning to be one of those people that walk on the face of the earth that, that have a full measure of inexhaustible love found in Christ. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this word. Lord, we feel like orphans sometimes when we're so far from your embrace. And I pray that this morning, Lord, we would return our hearts towards home. That you would fill us, Lord, of all the goodness of your love. That our children not have to go to the world because they've been rejected, despised, betrayed by their parents. They have to go chasing into the arms of an unknown stranger trying to fill the emptiness of hurt and pain and anguish, Lord, in an area and in a place that only you can fill. I pray that you have mercy on us, O oh God, because we too, even as adults, have suffer, suffered anguish of betrayal, rejection. We've been left out on the coal. We're insecure. Our security comes by that which we possess, and we know that life does not consist of the things we possess, but life is in you. Love is in you. I pray as we sing this song, you might lift us up by the power of your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Let's go ahead and just meditate on the words of this song real quick. And as we sing this song, the Bible says the love of God is poured out in our hearts through the Holy Spirit. Tell the Holy Spirit during the song to fill your heart with the love of God.